0: That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 247 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. I am absolutely thrilled that you're checking out this episode, and in just a moment, I am going to dive into my latter predictions for 2023, as well as give you my predictions on who's going to take home the cup this year. Now, don't forget that if you are interested in having your local footy club getting a shout-out during an upcoming episode, drop me a note via email over to yankonthefooty at gmail.com or shoot me a message on any of my socials you can find all of those linked on my website ayankonthefooty.com facebook twitter instagram linkedin etc love being able to highlight the uh local clubs and uh learn the geography of the game and it's uh it's something that i think really kind of gives me a little bit more of a uh a connection to the to the game in 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 australia that that i've unfortunately not been able to experience in person because i don't live in Australia and I've not yet visited there. But before I jump into the episode, I do want to take a moment and congratulate the 12U Mixed Club from the Tracy Village Razorbacks. As you may have noticed, I've mentioned this club a few times in the last uh, couple of weeks, going back to early February. And they played for their grand final on uh, Monday of this week, and they defeated St. Mary's, I believe they're called the Knuckleheads, if I'm not mistaken, uh, beat them 34-9. to nine. So the Razorbacks took home the premiership, and uh, absolutely congratulations to them. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't share a quick story about last evening. Now, I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, my time here in Ohio. Uh, but I was typing up my notes for this episode, having worked through my ladder predictions and such so and just jotting down a few things that I wanted to say about each club. And I got down to the top two clubs on the ladder. And it was getting to be a little bit late in the evening. Uh, It was about 11.30 or so. And my phone started buzzing, and a strange number showed up on my phone uh, coming through the WhatsApp. And I don't use that very often. And it was a long number. The digits were in a slightly different order than what I'm accustomed to. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and ignore it. Well, I decided to go ahead and... uh, do a quick little Google search because it started out with the six one. And I, and I remember, uh, once I, 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 called the, uh, the cat's membership office and I remember dialing that number in and and I it, I confirmed it when I looked at the, the country code for Australia and I thought, oh, okay, I better answer this then. And by the way, it was a very expensive phone call to make to the cat's membership, uh, department. I, I quickly realized it's much easier to use a, an email, but, uh, it was a radio host from ABC Darwin by the name of Liz Travaskis, and she was reaching out to me to talk about the club shout-outs that I do each episode, and specifically about the uh, the Tracy Village Razorbacks, because she had a parent that's involved with that club reach out to her about the fact that I was giving uh, you know, shout-outs to the club and that type of thing. So we chatted for about 20 minutes, and... Uh, she posted on her show today, a good chunk of that, uh, that interview. And I guess the rest of it is going to be on the ABC Darwin sports show this weekend. Uh, I will link to what she posted on there in the show notes. If you want to take a listen to that. And it was at about the one hour and 40 minute mark of her, um, broadcast that that shows up. So it was wonderful to chat with her. Um, you know, I do appreciate Liz reaching out and it was, it was, it was absolutely absolutely great. So today's club of the episode, we're heading south of Darwin, though. We are heading down to South Australia to the York Peninsula Football League and the Wallaroo Bulldogs, and they were recommended to me by my recent guest from the Adelaide preview episode, Ant, and the Bulldogs were founded way back in 1867. They're currently led by club president Tom Nolan, and this season, they open up their, uh, their season playing against... Art Ardrossan might be a better pronunciation of that on uh, April Fool's Day, on Saturday 1 April. And uh, what is interesting is that they are having on that day during round one, they're hosting what they're calling an old dogs reunion. And the as it stated on their Facebook page, the Walleroo Football Club would like to extend an invitation to all premiership players, coaches, and volunteers who have participated or in or been affiliated with the club from its establishment for a day at the club to reflect on the good old days they also stated in their post that they would love to see everyone from start of juniors into seniors on April 1st. They'd love to see as many senior dogs back at the kennel for a catch-up, so a premiership is not required. So don't think that you have to stay home because maybe your side did not win a premiership during the time you played. But Bulldogs, I wish you the best of luck in 2023 as you go forward here, and I hope you have a fantastic season. So let's jump into the, uh, the, the meat and potatoes of the episode, something that I'm not eating a lot of much lately. Uh, but it's time for me to put on my prognosticating hat and see where I feel the chips are going to fall in uh, the 2023 season. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I realistically think that uh, we're going to be seeing uh, a season unlike something we've seen in a long time. And I went and I dug back a little bit and uh, 2012 was the last time that we had 13 clubs out of the 18 that had double-digit wins. and 2005, there were 12 out of 16. So that was before GWS and Gold Coast had joined the comp. So 75% of the comp were above level, if you will, or at least in double-digit wins, I should say, not necessarily at level. But uh, I legitimately think that there are 14 clubs this year, and this is not to slight the other four, but I, I, I think that they're not quite at that point yet. But I think there are 14 clubs this year that could Possibly play finals you know and and I'm speculating that this year, for the first time ever in the history of the AFL that there's going to be actually fourteen clubs that finished a year with at least forty points on the ladder, meaning that they've earned ten wins. Now of course, we have to factor in the fact that there's an extra round this year, um, which I'm excited about because we get one more week of footy, which is great, so clubs have an extra opportunity to get that tenth win. Um, but like I said, it's not, it's not necessarily, you know, the fairest thing of all, and I sound like a Cinderella movie or no, that's Snow White, isn't it? Um, relegating the other four clubs to the scrap heap of the, of the season before the first bounce. But like I said, I, I, I think that, uh, that there are 14 of them that are, are ready to, to go. So let's go ahead and jump into my ladder predictions for this year. And I'm going to tell you what I think their record is going to be. And many of you are going to tell me where I'm wrong. Some of you may tell me where I'm right. And and that's exactly why I'm doing this. Now, I am tipping the North Melbourne Kangaroos to not win their third consecutive wooden spoon. Hawthorne, I have you finishing 18th this year with a record of four wins and 19 losses. And that's not necessarily a reflection of Hawthorne. I just think that's a reflection of, of, of how good the rest of the comp is right now. And, and the Hawks are well on their way of you know, building a club in the mold of what Sam Mitchell wants. They do have a lot of great veterans that have left You know Ben McAvoy retired. Mitchell, O'Meara, and Gunston are gone. But there's a lot of great talent, lot young talent on this club. And I think they're going to most certainly be competitive, but I, I don't think they're close this year to contending for a spot in the finals. They'll finish the year with only three players on the list over the age of 30, and this is a, this is a a year to see their youngsters take a, a huge step forward and you know out from underneath the shadows of some of the veterans that, that have moved on, and I'm expecting to see things you know huge things from C.J. Jass, from Mitch Lewis when he comes back, uh, seeing how Carl Amon fits into their revamped midfield. Now, like I said, unfortunately, I do think that you know while there's some good talent, young talent there. I think something that hasn't happened since 1965 is going to happen. Like I said, I think Hawthorne's going to take the wooden spoon this year. Now, up in the 17th spot, and I have to say up because I'm putting North Melbourne there, and I have North Melbourne finishing 6-17 and 17 this year. So tripling their, I think it's tripling, their win total from a couple of years ago. I think they won four last year, if I'm not mistaken. You know, and in Clarko, we trust, of course. You know, while, while it isn't a huge climb, I think that you know the, the developing parity in the competition is going to make 2023 a much needed leap of experience for the roots. You know, you got Wardlaw and Sheasel coming in who I think are going to be great additions, and you're starting to see the foundation of of this club as, as they move past the situation that was, you know, Jason Horn Francis, and they and they've they've put him in the rearview mirror and they're moving on. You know, they've got uh, you know only one club that played finals last year that they're doubling up against, and that is Melbourne. Uh, they've got Essendon, Gold Coast, Hawthorne, St. Kilda, and West Coast as well. Uh, this is a developing side. There is some good young talent there. I, I like the leadership uh, group that they've put together as well. And I think, you know, with, with a steady Alistair Clarkson, they're going to be pushing into contention sooner rather than later, but I don't think they're quite ready for it this year. And in the 16th spot, I have and i wasn't necessarily going to put them in this spot to begin with but they they're starting you know it's such a a difficult position just looking at their injury list i have st. kilda finishing 16th this year and i don't necessarily think that st. kilda would be the number 16 side but if you look at their injury list right now and the prospects of when some of these players are going to be coming back um you know the saints are kind of taking in a, you know that that hold here hold my beer approach to uh the plight that defelt, that befell the Eagles last year. I mean, the Eagles, you know, they were just beset by injuries and illness and and all sorts of things to the point where I'm not sure if Adam Simpson was just you know going through random drive-throughs at Hungry Jack's, you know, you know, and ordering a you know a burger and some chips and uh, and a, and a drink and just seeing if the if the 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 gentleman at the, working at the window was you know 185 centimeters and you know. 78 or more kilos that could possibly, you know, play on the wing for a round or two. Um, you know, but the uh, the Saints, they've got a lot of talent. Um, you know, but like I said, this injury list that they have going on right now, I think despite Ross Lyons' best efforts, are gonna put them in a bit of a hole to start out with. Now, I think this is gonna be if the injury if these players all come back from injury, I don't think anybody's gonna to want to play them in the last half of the season because if they all come back and they're healthy. This is a team that can beat just about anybody. But I think right now, with as many people as they have out, they're going to dig themselves a hole that's going to look a little like Port Adelaide's hole from last year. And they're going to really struggle to get out of the gate. And I think that's going to really hamstring them for this year. Yeah, and they've got, they play twice. You've got Brisbane, Carlton, Gold Coast again, yeah, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, and Richmond as well. So you've got two sides that played finals, one that got really close. Um, so I think they're going to be competitive, but I just think that they are they're hamstrung right now and I hate to use that because I don't want anybody to get another soft tissue injury. And I and I'm I'm very hopeful be, with the Saints because quite frankly, I had a uh, you know I, I ended up with uh, with three Saints in my starting lineup on the uh, the fantasy team that I drafted or should I say was drafted for me last week. Uh, on uh, in our group with uh, American footy fans, we were all on a Zoom call going through that because for some reason the, the AFL's uh, fantasy website did not load the column or the tab on my computer to allow me to actually select which player I was trying to draft. So I was continually trying to move players into position up to the top so it would auto-pick the guy that I wanted. Of course, then people were taking that person. I had to go find somebody else. So there were several picks that got drafted for me that I didn't necessarily want to have so I'm having to make some adjustments to my my list that way and yeah so I I did I ended up with three gold or or three St. Kilda players on the list so I'm a little concerned about how my list is going to play out this year but we shall see what happens so let's move on to the 15th spot on the ladder and I have the West Coast Eagles there at 7 and 16 And, and let's be honest you know what could go wrong for the Eagles last year did go wrong injuries, ineffective play, covid, you know, you name it it happened to them. Now, this year they they've got uh you know, only two finals sides out of the uh the games that they're you know playing in um doubles, you know, with Fremantle and Richmond. You know, they've got North, they've got Adelaide, they've got Carlton, they've got Essendon twice as well. Now, this is a club that is a little bit uh on the older side as well, and they'll have, they'll have eight players on the uh, north side of 30 by the time the season ends, and some of them may be stepping away from the game after this year, and I, and I don't have any scuttlebutt or any information about that, but some of them are getting to that point in their career where they may decide to 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 step away from the game, but the young reinforcements are on the way. You know, they made some adjustments in the, in the draft this year, bringing in Ginby and Hewitt. I think that they're going to get some serious playing time for the club this year, and I think they've both been named uh to the 22 or 23 I should say for for round 1 um so I think these youngsters are going to get some games under their belts and they're going to begin to uh push forth the next generation right waza um you know they've got to find somebody though that can you know can keep putting the 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 ball between the big sticks with the loss of Josh Kennedy you know who's going to be that per, that key forward that's going to come down there and put you know 40 goals on the board Who's going to go ahead and fill that spot? Now, is this side going to be playing finals this year? I'll be honest, I would be shocked if that happened. Now, there is enough veteran leadership on this club to to possibly sneak in there. I just don't see it happening. Um, yeah, but that being said, you know, they they certainly have a lot more experience than I think any of the other four bottom four sides, if you will. So I wouldn't be shocked if they if they roared back into relevancy this year but I I just don't think it's going to happen. But you know, having watched uh, the TV show Stranger Things, you know, maybe they plan on playing in the upside down this year and just doing the opposite of what I'm thinking. But again, I've got West Coast finishing 15th. And that's the last club that I don't have winning double digit games. Okay? Now, we move on to 14th on the ladder and I've got the Adelaide Crows finishing 14th, and as it says on my notes here, from here on out, I've got all 14 clubs winning at least 10 games. And, uh, you know, of course, the the extra round uh, can help get that done. But I believe, you know, that there's, you know, an air of respectability for a club if they're able to put double-digit wins on the the ladder this year, even if they don't necessarily play finals. Now, the Crows, they've added, you know, an excitement machine to their forward line in the likes of uh, Isaac Rankin. Uh, you know, he's not, nor will he ever be Eddie Betts, but he might just do a few things. And I have a feeling he's going to do a few things that Crow supporters are going to sit in the stands. They're going to sit at home watching the game on television and they're going to say to their buddy, Eddie did it better, but uh, that wasn't too bad. So I, I think, you know, he and Joshua Shelley are just going to be an absolute dynamic, small forward combination, uh, you know, buzzing around, you know, Darcy Fogarty and Taylor Walker. I think this is a club that, that has a lot of talent, I don't think they're quite ready yet to, uh, to compete for the top eight. Um, they've got, you know, Brisbane and Collingwood. Um, they're doubling up against along with Gold Coast, GWS, Port, and of course, uh, West Coast as well. So they, they have a, a, what could be a more maybe a more favorable schedule there. You know, they've only got two clubs that played finals last year that they're facing twice. And then we move on to the number 13 spot on the ladder and that's the GWS Giants. I've also got them finishing 10-13. and 13. Uh, They they face Adelaide, Carlton, Essendon, Hawthorne, Sydney, and the Bulldogs twice. So you've got uh, two sides there, the Bulldogs and the Swans that they're playing twice. Now, there was an awful lot of turnover and upheaval with the Giants this year with a lot of players leaving, but I think they might be a better side this year. You know, the, the club, you know, when i sat down to talk with uh west jasper in my giants preview you know we we discussed the decision to have toby green be the 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 club the club's captain and i was i was a little concerned about it because i i just didn't know if if he was going to be in a position where that that was going to work out well for him but but you know west made the argument that i that that the maturity needed to be the the the, the captain of the, of the club might be something that helps to rein him in if you will, a little little bit you know cause him to redouble and refocus his efforts on on being a uh, a successful player that plays within the uh, the the boundaries if you will of of what the game is supposed to be but uh, you know i i think this is going to make him maybe even an even more dangerous player now the giants if you didn't pay attention to the draft they added four of the first 22 picks in the draft, including number one pick, you know, Aaron Cadman. Now, this is a club that I think, uh, they might just be, excuse me, dipping below the surface of the top eight, just long enough to touch bottom and push their way back up to the surface again. So I, I I think this is a club that very quickly could be back in the eight, um, you know, whole new, uh, coaching, uh, leadership group there as well. That I think will bring about a, a change as well, which, uh, Maybe they need somebody who's going to be a little bit more confrontational with with the uh, the players on the list. Now let's move on to number 12, okay? And I've got Essendon finishing at 12th, also at 10 and 13. Uh, they've up against Collingwood, against Geelong. Uh, they've got uh, GWS, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide, and West Coast twice as well. Now, this club had a lot of turnover, not only with, uh, you know, the senior coach, um but they delisted seven players following the season i think Brad Scott is a great uh follow up for you know Ben Rutten's tenure as, as a senior coach you know i you know i don't know what the closed door sessions were or the training sessions were when Rutten was there but but watching the 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 Essen games and when the wheels began to fall off during games I, I he he just looked to me to be very passive when he was sitting up in the coach's box there was not there was not any seemingly to be any emotion or any frustration being shown you know i didn't uh and i'm i'm not saying that that necessarily is a good thing that he would have been doing that and i'm not saying that that, that he did not care as senior coach because i'm sure he did but uh it just didn't seem like he was showing the frustration that, that had to be just resonating and ringing around inside of him when things just kept not going quite the way that they uh, had expected with the bombers. Now, um, you know I, I think that there's a ton of talent on this club,, and uh, I think we're going to see some you know, some big steps forward from somebody like Sam Draper this year, from Massimo D'Ambrosio. Um Two meter Peter, I think, you know, can become an even bigger weapon for them as well. Uh, and you know you've got a solid group of players you know playing in the midfield and you know the half forward you know between with Merritt and Parrish and Jake Stringer when Jake Stringer can get his body right um, he's a great player when he's healthy but again it just continually happens where there are little things that prevent him from getting out on the ground and cost him rounds of footy so. I think this is a talented club. Like I said, I think they're going to get to double digits this year, but I just don't think they quite have enough this year to make it into finals. I think there are too many other clubs that are just a little bit ahead of them. Now, we move on to number 11 on the ladder, and this is the first of two clubs that I have dropping out of the eight from last year. And they've got, uh, on paper, tied with the Cats, the toughest draw in the comp, and that is the Fremantle Dockers. And I have the Dockers finishing at 12 and 11 this year. They double up against Brisbane, Geelong, Hawthorne, Sydney, West Coast, and the Western Bulldogs. So four of their six clubs that they're playing doubles against played finals last year. Now, will they be able to generate enough scoring? I mean, that's the thing that I wonder about them. Is is a rejuvenated Nat Fife and Luke Jackson going to be enough to pepper the sticks with goals? I don't know if Jackson is ready to take on that consistent role in the forward 50. I know he got to run a lot in the uh in the uh, throughout the midfield um when he was sharing time with Max Gone. and you know if they try to turn him into a, you know more of a full-time ruck is that going to is that going to change his game too much? You know, I think you know, adding you know Jager Amir to the the midfield was uh was certainly a a a great move and if nothing else it gives him you know new beaches to go train on. Um you know, and the, you know the 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 Darcy and Jackson combination might just become the, the mini me version of of Gone and Jackson with the D's. You know, sh- you know that could possibly work out for them. Now, like I said, this is a very good side, but you know, you're playing eight games against you know top against four of the top eight sides from last year. I think it might cause a little bit for tempering the expectations. You know, I think that you know as this club you know maybe takes a step back this year, finds their footing again. I think that they can certainly push back into the eight in 2024. But I think that tougher draw is going to cause them to drop down just a little bit. And then we move on to the 10th spot. And I have the Collingwood Magpies finishing in the 10th spot, also with 12 wins and 11 losses. Last year, folks, 10 wins by a combined total of 54 points. So they won 10 games by an average of 5.4 points. Talk about dancing on the knife's edge. You know, they've got uh, Adelaide Brisbane, Carlton Essen and Geelong and Port twice you know again only two sides have played in the top you know top eight last year Brisbane and Geelong Port was close to being there Carlton was of course close to being there as you being a Collingwood supporter knows um, but uh, you've got like I said two spot two sides that are very hungry for a spot in the eight um, was moving on from Brody Grundy the the right choice. You know, it's a big ask for Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox to repeat the pretty solid ruck work that they had last year. You know, Tom Mitchell is a great addition in the midfield, and and I think you know Darcy Moore, one of the better defenders if he still plays in defense. Uh, I keep hearing that he may get moved forward as well, but I think he's going to be a tremendous captain. And he got thrown right into the breach really early on in his uh, in his captaincy. Now I think it was a, it was a stroke of genius to bring Bobby Hill into the side. And and they didn't uh they didn't necessarily predict what was going to be happening with Jack Ginnivan, but I, I think that Bobby Hill's presence there is going to allow him to to redouble his efforts to focus on footy and and uh he may not be back up on the AFL side for a few rounds after he's eligible to come back. And Bobby Hill's a very solid player. And and let's just be honest here, folks. It was a very quiet offseason for Jordan Nagoe. And, you know. That young man is an extraordinarily talented player. And uh, you know, if he is if he is focused solely on footy and not having to be distracted by things that have happened in the previous offseason and, and and stuff like that, he's a phenomenal player. So the Pies could certainly prove me wrong and say, You knucklehead, what are you putting us in the in the tenth spot here for? We're we're a top eight side. Uh you know, and and I'll be honest with you, I am rather confident that uh, that, that not a day coast by that Pie supporters aren't thrilled for the father-son role. You know, are Josh and Nick the most exciting pair of brothers, you know, playing alongside one another at this point? Um, yeah, of course, you know, maybe the Cats and Swans would like to be heard on that with the McCartans and with the, uh, the Henrys. Sorry to bring up that name, uh, with that regard. But I, you know, I think if they continue their magic, they might find their way back into the eight if they can stay on the north side of all of those close, win- close wins. But I just have an inkling that some of those games are not going to go their way this year, because you know they only had a percentage of like 104 last year. So yes, they won a lot of games, but they were extraordinarily close. And I just think that that some of those games are going to sneak up and bite them on the backside, and nip their tail feathers a little bit, and and keep them out of the eight this year. And in the ninth spot, the last club that I have missing out on finals this year, finishing at 13 wins and 10 losses, and that is the Port Adelaide Power. And I have to ask the question, is finishing three games above level while still missing out on finals going to be enough for Ken Hinkley to be there in 2024? I I don't know the answer to that question. I know that many of you who are Port Adelaide supporters are saying, no, it's not enough. Get rid of him. Let's start fresh. and And there are some who are saying, yep, we're close. Let's go ahead and uh, just go ahead and continue with what we've got going on here. He's, you know, he's got us into finals before. Maybe we'll make that final push and, and be a you know, top eight side. Um, they've got Adelaide, Collingwood, Essen and Geelong, Richmond and the Bulldogs twice. So they've got what, four, one, two, three, four sides that they're playing twice that played finals last year. And they've got a couple of big ends coming in this year with uh, Junior Rioli and Jason Horn Francis uh, coming in and and, and joining the black and teal and the, the prison bars for the Adelaide game. Um, you got a big hole to fill with the retirement of Robbie Gray, but this club has a ton of talent. They certainly can play finals. Okay. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I actually have them finishing with the same number of wins as the two teams, excuse me, the three teams that I have ahead of them. I just have the other teams with a slightly higher percentage. Um, I do think they're going to spend the year, you know, pushing towards the eight, um, but as I have them ninth, I think they're going to come up just short, but I, I, this is a really good side, and and Port supporters, you know, take heart in the fact in knowing that you have a really good side, and, and I'm probably going to be wrong with a couple of my picks, so they may very well be playing finals, because I'm just simply telling you what I think, and, uh, you know, starting conversations and that type of thing. Okay, now, the last eight clubs, these eight, I have picking... Uh, here all playing finals, and we're going to start. There's a name you haven't heard yet that normally you would have heard between numbers 18 and number nine. Well, here they are, folks, in the eight spot, finishing at 13 and 10. I have the drum roll, please. The Gold Coast Suns. That's right. Here's the first new club jumping into the eight for 2023. Uh, they double up with Adelaide, Brisbane, Carlton, North Melbourne, St Kilda, and Sydney. So you've got you know. Two sides that played finals last year, Brisbane and Sydney, they're playing twice. Um, this is a club that I think is finally ready to take that next step forward, the one that keep, people keep waiting for them to take. They've got a great midfield, okay? Anderson, Raul, Tuke Miller, uh, that just a dynamic group of players right there. You have Matt Raul's healthy. He's a tackling machine in the midfield. Yeah. Yeah, Tuke Miller, I would, I would love to have on, on my side. I'd love to have him playing any sport that 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 I was involved in because I think he's that talented an athlete. And you know, you've got a forward line, you know, that while they they lost, you know, Isaac Rankin, they they do tout three very good talls. You got Ben King back from his ACL injury. You know, Levi Casbolt who you know, found a new lease on life in his career with the Gold Coast. And you know, looking at several sites, many of them don't even have him listed in their best 22, but he had a phenomenal year last year. And look at what Mabiar Chol did in his, his first year up there from coming over from Richmond. He took a huge step forward. You know, you, you couple all this together with, you know, a very solid ruck in their captain, Jared Witts. This is a fun club to watch play. It's infectious. I think that they generally, and this is not to say that other clubs don't, but I think they generally care for one another because they're, they're kind of isolated uh, being up there on the gold coast. They They have that group of, you know, 35 to 40 athletes that, that, that are there, they are their own little hub, if you will. Okay. Because, you know, the clubs in, in Melbourne and even in Sydney and Adelaide and, and, uh, in Perth, you know, they've got another group of players from other clubs that they can run into from time to time, but Gold Coast, you're kind of on your own up there. I guess maybe they could make the trek to, Bri- to Brisbane and meet up with folks there. But, uh, like I said, this is a club that is, I think, a lot of fun to watch, and I think they're ready to take that next step, and quite frankly, I think this is something that the competition needs to have happen as well, and I'm not wishing for it for that reason, but the AFL and the other 17 clubs, quite frankly, have, have pushed an awful lot into trying to make this club be successful, and they continually have come up just a little bit short but I think this is the year that that it's going to help to justify all that investment. And I think this is the first year of of many that Gold Coast is going to find themselves in contention. Now, moving on to the number seven spot. And I have Richmond in the number seven spot, also finishing with a record of 13 and 10. Now, the Tigers, they did inject a great deal of youth into their midfield with the addition of Jacob Hopper and Tim Toronto. Now, this is a club that, you know, the cats get uh you know, talked about as being, you know, the, you know, the, the older side, but, you know, the, the, the Tigers have nine players that are going to be on the north side of 30 when the season ends. So is this their last hurrah for a couple of years? Is this, is this the last time they're going to be in finals while they wait for their next crop of young players to become established and, uh, and take that step forward to push themselves back into, you know, a perennial top eight side? Uh, is this a swan song for Jake Rewald? or excuse me, for Jack Rewald? can't read my own typing. Um, you know, I, I do think that, that he has a, a the prospects of a great second career in footy media when he's ready to step away from the game, but he's he's not there yet, but he's 34, 35 years old. This may be it for him this year. You know, you've got, you know, he and Tom Lynch forming a, a formidable pair of talls for the Tigers. And then you've got, you know, players like, you know, Maurice Rioli, Shai Bolton, and a healthy, oh, this guy you might have heard of before, Dustin Martin he's done a few things during his career, uh, you know, streaming through the midfield into the, into the forward 50, it's going to cause, you know, defensive coaches to, to definitely test their pucker principle because there's a lot of talent there that can attack the goal. Now, I think this is a really, really good club, but, uh, I don't know if they're going to have the legs because like I said, they are a little bit on the older side. Um, I don't know if they have it to take it beyond a, pre- a prelim this year. They may get that far, but, uh, but I do think they're a final side. I just don't know if they're going to be able to go beyond that at this point in time. So let's move up to the number six side. And oh, I should have mentioned with, with regards to the Tigers, first of all, you know, they do double up with Melbourne, Port, St. Kilda, Sydney, West Coast, and the Bulldogs. Now, again, you've got three sides that played finals, one that got close, and one that has an awful lot of talent, but a ton of injuries right now there. So they've got a bit of a tough draw as well. So again, moving back to number six, I have the Western Bulldogs finishing at 13 wins and 10 losses, and they double up with Fremantle, Geelong, GWS, Hawthorne, Port Adelaide, and Richmond. So they've got Frio, Geelong, Sydney, and Richmond, who all played finals last year. Um, they snuck into the eight last year. Let's be honest about it, okay? Blue supporters, you haven't forgotten about that. Sorry to bring it up again, because maybe you had just forgotten about it right until that moment that I mentioned it again. Um but, you know, they're going to employ one of the most impressive midfields and forward lines in the comp. And, and I think that they're, uh, you know, when clubs are starting to figure out how do we defend them, they're, they're going to have to set up their structure to look like a bunch of lumberjacks, quite frankly, because they've got an awful lot of really, really good talls that the Bulldogs can run out there. You know, Jamara eugle Aaron Naughton, Rory Lobb, and heck, even Josh Bruce. I mean, Josh Bruce, what, two years ago? What, 55, 60 goals he kicked? You know, tears his ACL towards the end of the season and, you know, came back at the end of the year. Now, I've heard some rumblings that he may be playing more in defense this year, but if he's not, I mean, how do you defend all of these guys who, you know, can get up there and, quite frankly, can outmark players simply just by sticking their hands in the air? I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough and, dare I say, a, 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 a high hill to climb to defend the, 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 forward 50 for the Bulldogs this year with as many talls as they happen to have. Um, and, you know, and then you've got, you know, great Crumber like, you know, Cody Waitman, who comes in and cleans up everything that's around the goal. I mean, this is, this is a, a club that, that can certainly do some damage in the forward 50. Now they're going to have enough, uh, you know, enough defense to, to hold off other clubs that maybe they become kind of the, the magpies of this past year and win a lot of close games. It certainly could be, and and you know you've got this midfield that's got you know, Smith and McCray and Trellore and this this guy who seems to be a pretty good ball player as well. Okay, he's fantastic. I know that. I'm being sarcastic there, but you, you factor in Tim English, who is you know also a uh, you know, a player who continually improves week after week after week. Um, now I know that there are some folks who have actually got the Bulldogs sliding out of the eight. I don't think so. I think they're climbing. I think, you know, because I've got them going from eight to six this year. They could finish higher than that, quite frankly. This is a darn good club. And we get to the fifth spot. We get to the fifth spot, and we have the Carlton Blues. And I've got Carlton finishing at 14-9, and and they're deciding, you know what? We're not going to play it close to the edge here. We're going to go ahead and not just get close to the door and see if we can step through the door. We're just going to knock the damn door off the frame and find ourselves in the number five spot. And uh, they have Collingwood, GWS, Gold Coast, Melbourne, St. Kilda, and West Coast twice. So three sides that played finals last year. Um, like I said, this is the second club I've got jumping in. Now, I think this club isn't going to just make the jump into the eight for you know, the first time in a long time. I think they're going to be pushing towards a spot in the four, and they very easily could be there. They've got talent all over the ground, you know, from Jacob we- Jacob Wiedering, Adam Saad holding down the fort in the defense a fifty-two, arguably one of the best midfields in the comp, you know, from the, uh, you know, the return of the, the, the reigning Brownlow medalist, more about him later, uh, Sam Walsh, Hewitt, Adam Chera, and, and that forward line, you know, McKay, Cornell, Martin, Motlop. And I guess to have to ask, is, is there a weakness on this club? Is there, is there a weakness on this side? I, I don't know. I don't know if there is a weakness on this side that, uh, that is going to, you know, cause them to not be able to play finals this year. I really think that uh, maybe I even have them too low on the ladder this year because a lot of people are picking them top four. I've got them at the number five spot, but this is a really talented side. And and as much as I'm still frustrated about, uh, you know, getting bumped uh, from the sporting capital when uh, they hired Michael Voss that day instead of waiting till the Monday after the grand final this is a fun club to watch, and, and, and I think it's going to be exciting to see what happens with them this year. So let's move ahead into the top four, and we have, first of all, one of the two grand finalists from this past year, and that's the Sydney Swans finishing at 14-9. and nine. Uh, The grand finalists uh, find their way in the top four. They've got Fremantle, Geelong, Gold Coast, GWS, melbourne and richmond twice so they've got what four sides that played finals this past year now they they if you look at their list it's amazing they've got some great veterans on this club but if you look at the bottom part of that list in terms of chronology in terms of age they have 14 players on their list now you you have to do the math on this one they have 14 players on their list that have played a combined three games at the afl level one of them has played two games, one has played one. So 12 have not seen an AFL game yet. Yeah, I, I, So I think that this is a club that is, that is there for the long haul, despite the fact that you have, you know, one of the oldest players, if not the oldest player in the comp, in Buddy Franklin there. Now, is this the last year for Buddy? I don't know. I don't know. And I, I, I think that the, the new substitution rule could be a great benefit for him. And it could be a great benefit for, you know, forwards maybe like a Buddy Franklin, a Tom Hawkins, a Jack Rewold, you know, older forwards who can still, you know, put the ball through the sticks, but if their club finds themselves in a position where they have an, an extensive lead, maybe they substitute that person out in, you know, midway through the third quarter and bring in somebody to take that spot and and hold on to the lead for the rest of the game and rest their legs and maybe get them further along. So maybe maybe Buddy has to take fewer games off where he's taking the whole game off, and maybe gets to play more games, but fewer quarters of those games. I don't know. Um again, a very talented side. You're loaded with weapons in the forward 50 with you know Papley, Heaney, Golden, uh, and of course, and and Buddy Franklin. Yeah. You know, you've got a great midfield with Luke Parker, Callum Mills, Chad Warner. You've got, you know, Ruck Jesus and Tom Hickey, who's just, you know, all over the ground as well. And like I said, I, I think that, you know, the top six are are definitely interchangeable, but I'm keeping them in the four simply because of their experience and having played in the grand final last year. Now, moving on to the number three spot, and I have the other grand finalists. In fact, I have the defending premieres in the number three spot. The Cats finishing at 16-7 and seven this year, and the post-Joel Selwood era begins. And they... they are ranked right up there with Fremantle, with the toughest draw this year. They've got Collingwood twice, Essendon, Fremantle, Port Adelaide, Sydney, and the Bulldogs. So you have four clubs that played finals last year, and you have two that I have finishing, I think I believe ninth and tenth, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, very tough draw. And and let's you know let's be honest here. You know the, the Cats arguably you know they played the trade period like a Stradivarius. You know, adding several number one picks to their list in Tanner Brun, Ollie Henry, Jack Bowes. They added Jai Clark uh, in a in a you know in a draft pick that they got in the Jack Bowes trade. I mean, this is a this is a a club that uh, yes, they are still the oldest club in the comp, but at the same time, they injected a serious amount of youth into this side. Now, last year, I tipped the Cats to finish sixth because I bought into that. Too old, too slow thing, and they completely revolutionized the way that they play the game. Now, will they be able to continue that this year? The players that are still there are a year older. You have a new captain. Yeah, I, I think Patty Dangerfield's going to do a fine job with that. But uh, it's different this year because you don't have Joel Selwood there. And again, you know, Selwood was, Selwood was. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say it was a ceremonial position because that's not fair to say about him, but he was not necessarily the focal point in the midfield as much as, as he had been in, in previous years. Um, but you know, they're, you know, they're starting out the year with some some injuries. Okay. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm finishing, I'm picking them to finish a little higher than six this year. I've got them in the top four. I've got them in the top three. You know, they are starting out with some, uh, some little niggling injuries though. Tom Hawken, Duncan out, Jack Henry with a foot injury is going to be out for a while. Jake Cole Jazny, uh, Sam Menegola, you know, and, I would argue that maybe Hawkins' injury might be the most worrisome but it's thought that he's going to be back sooner rather than later. Now, the Cats certainly proved by the way that they they rested players this is it, that it was, you know, they looked at of course the 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 fixture as being a a marathon rather than a sprint. Um yeah, they've got the toughest draw on the comp. And you know, I know I'm picking i you know, I know many I said are picking them to to repeat as premiers and as much as I'd love to see that happen, the Cleveland sports fan in me realizes that if I say that too loudly, if I if I sit here and pound the desk and say, "Yeah, the Cats are going to repeat as as uh, premiers this year," then disaster might just strike because I I think I might be jinxing them if I was to do that. So I are they capable of winning the premiership this year? Absolutely, they are. Any of the clubs in the eight are. I think any of the clubs, quite frankly, in the fourteen, if the right th- top fourteen, if the things chips fall in the right spot. They could possibly do it. but this is a club that I think uh, you know is very solid. yes, I am a cat supporter but I I'm afraid to, to have to pick my club to win the premiership because I've had you know a lifetime of of sports disappointment being a Cleveland sports fan. so I it's, I just can't get that out of my system and say no, I can go ahead and tip my, my club to finish winning the whole darn thing okay. And who knows, maybe I still am having them win it from the number three spot here because I haven't told you who I think is winning the grand final. Now let's look at the number two spot. I have Brisbane there with a record of 17 and six. And uh, does this club have any flaws? I mean, there's talent everywhere. And they brought in even more talent this year you know, Jack Gunston comes in, Josh Dunkley, Connor McKenna comes back in from having stepped away from the game. You brought in the young Will Ashcroft. Uh, the father son uh, situation there, wonderful additions to this club. You know, Eric Kipwood, Joe Danaher, very formidable pair of talls, and, and Charlie Cameron around the goal is is extraordinarily dangerous. You know, probably one of the closest things we'll see to Eddie Betts in our lifetimes again. You know, just a dynamic player. Now they've got a few little injuries at the outset. You know, Dar- Darcy Gardner, Dane Zorko, Jared Barry, to name a few. But this is an extraordinarily extraordinarily deep side. And, you know, they double up with Adelaide. They've got Collingwood, Fremantle, Gold Coast, Melbourne, St. Kilda. they got three of the top eight sides from last year playing twice. Just a really, really good club, and I, and I expect them to have great things happen this year. And uh, they're dangerous. They are dangerous. And as you know, we've got one club that hasn't been mentioned as of yet, and that is the Melbourne Demons. And I've got the Demons also finishing with a record of 17 wins and six losses. So I've got Melbourne as my minor premieres for this year. Now, there were a lot of us that kind of shook our head when the, the club decided to go ahead and replace Luke Jackson with Brody Grundy. Um, I'll be honest, I'm thinking to myself, how is that going to work? Because Brody Grundy isn't the same type of player as Luke Jackson, but... If you watched the practice match a couple weeks ago, if that's any indication, uh, this club is going to... I'm going to go ahead and coin it right now. I'm going to go ahead and put the name out here. Um, And I'm going to go ahead... I just want to pull up an image here to make sure that I have this right before I sound like a fool. Uh, Yep. Okay. I, uh... I am referring to the Melbourne... Offense this year, okay. I am going to be calling it the Hydra offense, okay. It has so many heads and feet uh, that can attack you. You know, Bailey Fritch is going to be out the first couple of rounds, but he kick more goals in that club than anybody else. You you got, you still got Ben Brown there. You got Kazi Pickett, Charlie Spargo, Tom McDonald is back healthy. You've got Petraka. You got Oliver. Arguably, two of the best midfielders in the comp. Um, and, uh, oh, you've got Jake Lever and, and Stephen May holding down the defense back there. And then you factor in how are they going to deploy Max Gaughan and Brody Grundy around the ga- ground, both of them who are very strong aerobic players who do move around the ground an awful lot. Yeah, you know, Brody Grundy had never been really called upon to be a, a much of a goal scorer during his time in Collingwood, but I think that might be changing this year. And quite frankly... Defensive coaches have got to be having some sleepless nights figuring out how in the hell do we stop this team from scoring because they can score from everywhere, and, and it's just it is a it is going to be a scary good side this year. You know, so I, I I think that they are going to be the number one seed. I think they are going to be the minor premiers. Now, again, I think that you know I don't think any any of these clubs is good enough. To go through and finish up the year, twenty-one and two, or twenty and three, or anything like that. I think there's enough solid players on enough clubs that teams are going to beat each other up during the course of the uh, the regular season before they get to finals. And speaking of finals, let's go ahead and uh, take a look at what's going to happen this year. All right, in the first round of finals. We've got number one, Melbourne, hosting number four, Sydney. I've got Melbourne winning that contest. I'm not going to give you scores, okay? Uh, also in the first round, number five, Carlton hosting West Coast. Excuse me, hosting Gold Coast. My apologies. I've got Carlton winning that contest. So Gold Coast goes one and out in the elimination final there. The Bulldogs, number six, hosting Richmond. Boy, I sure hope they have to play that at Marvel. Um <laughs> Uh, I've got the Bulldogs winning that contest. So one and out for the Tigers as well. And then the other first round game, Brisbane hosting Geelong, and I have Brisbane winning that game. So that puts Geelong and Sydney back into the semifinals, hoping to to find their way back in again. And I do have Sydney hosting Carlton, and I've got Sydney winning that game and Geelong hosting the Bulldogs and I have to ask, are they going to get to play that one at GMBHA, or are they going to send them up to the MCG for that one? Since that would be the only game in Melbourne that weekend. I think they're going to be at the MCG, aren't they? Cats are still not going to get a home final. Um, I've got Geelong winning that contest. And then we get to the prelims, and I have Melbourne hosting the Cats. And I've got Melbourne beating the Cats to get to the grand final. And I've got Brisbane hosting Sydney. And I've got Brisbane winning that Uh, to get to the grand final, to face off against the D's. And I am tipping as my premieres for this year. Well, I'm sticking to form with regards to my top eight. I have the Melbourne Demons winning the premiership for this year. Okay, so I'm going with the D's to win the grand final this year and hoisting the cup, winning the grand final on their home ground. Uh, so there you go, D's fans. Now, as far as who's going to win uh, some of the the uh, individual awards, uh, the rising star, I think it's going to be Harry Shiesel from North Melbourne. I think the Coleman. And I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here. I'm going to go with Todd Marshall of Port Adelaide to win the Coleman this year. And my Brownlow, I'm going to go with Tuke Miller uh, to take this, although I think... There's a great possibility that Lockie Neal might just, <coughs> excuse me, excuse me, sorry, I coughed there a moment, uh, might win his third in a row. Okay, just kidding. Um, but uh, I'm going with Tuke Miller to win that. So there's my prediction for this year, okay? There's my prediction for this year. I I think it's going to be a fantastic season. I'm very excited. Uh, if you are new to the podcast, I do hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family. Uh, if you are, you know, I'm trying to, in you know, interest NFL fans here in the United States to check out what I think is the greatest game on the planet, I have to kind of be careful wording it that way to them because I don't want to come off as though I'm turning them off from the game that they love by over, over-hyping the game that I have fallen in love with. So I have to be a little careful how I go about wording that because I don't want to I don't want to turn people away from the game before they have a chance to take it to check it out. Now, again, I do think it's the greatest game on the planet, but gridiron is an awesome game as well. Okay. We're in the middle of free agency happening right now where they're getting ready to sign new players and the draft is coming up here pretty soon. But again, folks, uh, if you like the show, you can find everything about my podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I do hope that you'll subscribe to the mailing list So when new episodes come out, they're in your inbox about 45 seconds after they've been released. If you like the show, I do hope you'll take a moment and click on that review button up at the top and leave a review for the podcast. You can leave one right on the website or you can go over, um, it'll take you over to Apple Podcasts or to Spotify where you can leave a review there as well. If you want to uh, help the podcast uh, monetarily and help keep the lights on, I'm a one-man show doing everything myself uh, you can click on that little yellow button in the bottom half qu- bottom left-hand corner, the Buy Me a Coffee button, and uh, support the show that way. And if you've got an idea for a guest, I'm always looking for interesting guests to, uh, to chat with, um, please reach out, send me a note uh, over on my website, or drop me an email at ayankonthefooty at gmail.com. And like I said, I do hope you'll share the episode, look out for one another, uh, enjoy round one it's here, folks. The six months of sunshine in Florida, in Florida. Yeah, I guess it's sunny in Florida. The six months of sunshine in Australia. Uh, I'm thinking sunshine in in the United States. And the six months of darkness here in, in Ohio, where it's been cold. And we actually have a snow day from school today. We got about four to five inches of snow overnight. So, uh, We did not have to go to, I did not have to go to work today, which always makes my wife happy because she used to be a teacher and she's in a different career now. So she still had to go to work today. So I did get out and get all the snow shoveled and get all the snow cleared off of her car so she could go to work. But I have things that I'll have to get done around the house today before she gets home. So like I said, look out for one another, folks, check up on your friends, make sure they're okay. Tell them you love them. Go out and have a coffee. Have a meat pie for me at the game this round if you're getting to a game have fun. It's, it's, footy's back and I'm as excited as, as any of you are. So it is absolutely awesome. We've, we've waited, you know, I, I have watched a few, you know, games at random during the, uh, the off season, but you know, I don't watch basketball. I don't watch hockey. Um, there hasn't been a lot of sport for me to be watching. So I am so thankful footy's back. Ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening, I do close out the episode the same way every single time, and we're going to go ahead and do that right now. May your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. ¶¶ This has been episode 247 of a Yank on the Footy. Again, don't forget that you can reach me by email at a at gmail.com. You can reach me on Twitter at Yank underscore on, on Facebook or uh, at a Yank on the Footy podcast, on Instagram at a Yank on the You can find my name Craig Wessels on LinkedIn as well as on Facebook if you want to connect that way as well. I do hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family. And until next time, everybody, goodbye. And I hope your team wins this weekend.